You're listening to Future Theater Radio with Bill and Nancy Burns right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Listen. Go. Hi, everybody. It is the first Monday in January of 2016, January 4th, and we are your co-hosts, Bill, that's me, and Nancy. Well, I would say step up a little closer to the microphone. Make yourself a little louder. That's the longest last name you've ever heard, Burns, and we are broadcasting live on Future Theater on PSN Radio. It's the only chance and I get. Not so live on the Dark Matter Digital Network. That's and right. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, I hope it's a wonderful year for all of our listeners and everybody else. Um, this is Future Theater Live. Our guest tonight is Martin Horst, and our producer is the injured jackal, Angel Espino. Say, uh, say hello, Angel. Hello, Angel. But wait, but wait. I have a nice fireplace going. It's Uh January. It's the first Monday night of the year. Everybody's put in one good work day, perhaps. And so now we're going to sit back and we're going to hear a story. We're going to hear a story Uh about how a grown man. Oh, boy. A very grown man. Oh, boy. Possibly end up with a broken ankle. While sitting, as as I understand it, on the well, air. No, so, no. so Angel, and, just and, tell and, us what and happened. This, and this told, and this introduced by a person who actually managed to injure both ankles, uh. climbing out of CBGBs. <laughs> no, no, I had in to be New carried. I had to be carried out. Of carried Thank you, Bill, out. for that. Thank you, Bill, for that. Makes me feel better now. Yes, and and <laughs> my daughter was performing on the stage with the woman who became her wife. Lexi, and they were performing at CBGB's, and I was in the audience, and I don't even know if Bill knows the story. The backstory is that somebody in our party, I can't remember who, I think it was Holly's father, went out on the street in New York City in front of CBGB's and came back in with a joint. And everybody story gets the, better. Yeah, and everybody at the table passed it around, but that, you know, and, I, and I'm sure we had beers right, or something. Right. And as it was time to leave... And Holly and Lexi, they were done with the um, their performance, and I think it was Delayed Green Weight was the name of their group, Delayed Green Weight. Obviously, this is the 80s, right? 80s, 90s? Wow, that's a heck of a name. 80s, Delayed 90s, Green Delayed Green Weight. Green you know, that's Interesting. the thing on the stop sign. Well, and, you know, and, and, and so they were finished, and it was everybody was, like, filing out of the place. And there was a very dark step down on a dark black painted floor. As you're leaving, you know, the kind of, because you were actually up a bit on this, you know, the audience was up a bit. Right, And right. so you had to kind of, and I, tr- I managed to, to really hurt both my ankles. I never went to a doctor, I don't think, but both at the same time. And so, and I carry the scars to this day. I literally, you know, so, so Angel, listen to what the doctor says. You're going to soon tell us how you managed to do this. 
Okay, now man. let's hear. Okay, now let's hear Angel's story. Well, to correct you on one thing, it didn't happen while I was sitting down. Uh, it started the situation while I was sitting down. So yesterday we were doing um, the show, the roundtable show, which we do every Sunday night at 10 p.m. here on PSN Radio. I always forget it. I wish you would. Somebody would in, the, in this group of a hundred. I tweeted. It's always being tweeted no, out. Some, put it on the Skype too. We have a little private thing going on the Skype. The whole PSN group. I'd say put it there. Remind us. Well. Anyway. I'll, I'll do that next Sunday. Yeah. Now, while the story is kind of amusing and funny when you really uh, think about it, uh, it really makes me feel like Gilbert from Revenge of the Nerds. I don't know if you guys remember that right. movie. Revenge but, of the Nerds 2 or 1? Right. In part 2, he uh, in the beginning of the movie, has a broken leg. And <laughs> uh, the joke is uh, that he broke his leg playing chess. Oh. And they ask him, you know, they, he says, oh, I feel really dumb. I'm the only guy in the world who could break his leg you know, playing chess. And then they, they tell him, well, it was a very tricky move. Yeah. So this day I've wondered, what the heck was that move that was so well, tricky but, but, that it broke his you leg? Know, Angel, but I digress. He, what makes it a joke is that he's referring to a tricky move on the chessboard. I know, I know, I know. I get that part. Thank but God. How did he break his leg? Well, that's the joke. Uh-huh. Exactly. You don't have to go there because nobody could break their leg while playing chess. It's not um, possible. Unless it's human chess. Oh, come on. No, I mean, seriously. <laughs> He had to hop from one part of the other and he broke his leg. Well, you, anyway, you, okay, I I'll tell you how I, I, I tell you how I, bro- I hurt my. I, I want to say break, but let's say seriously sprained. The last time I seriously sprained my ankle was when I was sitting on my other leg. You know how you sometimes sit on your leg on a chair. You put your other leg underneath and you sit on it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I was doing, and then this was in the kitchen of a place we just hated, a place we had to move to, and we didn't like living there, but. The Apple iPad had just come out. It was new, 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 new. And I was sitting on my leg playing with the Apple iPad. It was so brand new. And I got up, and the kitchen counter from the table wasn't that far away. I could feel when I got up my leg was asleep, but I figured I could make it over to the counter. You know, ah, but, sleepy foot, yeah, 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 and that and it twisted really badly. So, gotcha. So, okay, so I give, I've given you two examples. Uh huh. Oh well, Here. I've I've twisted my leg and I've broken my leg before. So, so how did you do time. this one? Well, so I'm, as I'm getting there, so I'm doing the show. We're doing the roundtable, right? And I hear a really loud, like dun 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 dun, dun like a real loud, like noise. And I thought it was the fan on my computer, which is right next to me. I thought it was going crazy. Maybe something was wrong mm-hmm. with the computer. So I freak out. And I'm like, uh, guys, we're gonna take a break. And, and it was funny because it was like the last 30 minutes of the show. I was like, we're gonna take a break. I have something going on with my computer. Can you guys hear that? And they're like, oh yeah, we can hear the banging. So I turned the computer off, and the banging noise is still there. So I started listening, you know, at closer to the window because my computer's right next to my outside window. And I started listening through the window and it's actually the AC unit outside of my room, uh, which is a big, uh, you know, it's a big AC unit that has a, it's on top of a big metal, uh, concrete, mm-hmm. uh, slab. Right. Right. Yeah, right. We have the yeah. same kind of unit. Yeah. Right, right. So I go outside and I'm like, well, let me see what it's, you know, what's wrong with it. So I go outside with my nephew and we're walking outside to, to see what's wrong with it. And it was raining earlier. So the grass was really wet and I stepped on ah. a rock. It, the rock twisted, ah. twisted Ooh. my ankle, and of the course. ankle popped to the left. Ay, ay, ay. It stayed popped to the left. Like, ay, it didn't ay, just ay. go back. I had to grab it with my hands and, like, Whoa. guide it back into I position. That. Wow. that was the worst part, but it was, like, an instinct. Wait, were you in your thing. bare feet? No, no, I was with, I, funny, I had my Crocs on. Crocodiles. Ah. So it happened with my Crocs. Crocs and there were Crocs in yeah, the Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so I twist my ankle back, and I'm yelling in pain, and my nephew went back inside to get some pants. I don't know. Normally when somebody falls in pain, you go run and get them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. I'm in shorts. I got to go get pants. Aww. Okay. So he leaves me out there, and, and 
agonizing pain, right? And I'm looking at wait, this. Wait, wait, who's in shorts? Your nephew or yourself? Yeah, he had, he had like boxer shorts on, and I had oh. my, sh- my regular shorts on, and he went back because I had to get pants. Why? I have no idea, but he decided <laughs> to go back, leaving his uncle in terrible pain on the floor. Plus, you needed pants. No, I had my I had my regular uh, shorts on, not boxers. I had shorts on, regular shorts. And now, when I went down, my head was about four inches away from the concrete slab that the AC mm. unit sitting on. Yeah. So literally, I was four inches away from cracking my skull open. Yeah, That's yeah, all. Yeah. Bad this could have been. It could have been a lot worse. Uh, but I did twist my ankle and I had to pop it back into place, and the, the pain was yeah. just instantly. You know, yeah, uh, I, I went. I was I was trying to sleep it off, seeing yeah, maybe it would be better in the morning. That didn't work. It was worse in the morning, and the foot swelled up like a Thanksgiving turkey, like nice and swollen. So I decided to go to the doctor today and see what you know what was wrong. If it was broken or something, and officially, I do have a fracture on my foot. Uh, fractured a bone on the out, the right side of my ankle. And uh, also messed up some ligaments, so they couldn't put a cast on me. They put the, you know, band-aid it up, whatever. And uh, they put the boot. So I got this big-ass Terminator-looking boot on my right foot. And that's and the your, Okay, so now your ankle is uh, rigid. It is, what is it? Immobilized. It's immobilized, and it's itching like a, mm, son yeah, of a that hurt, oh. That's awful. Well, oh, does your, do you have any crazy. knitting needles in your house? No, but I'm pretty sure I'll stick that right through the skin and it'll just be bad. No, no, no. Knitting needles <laughs> aren't that sharp. Yeah. You know, they're like, okay, do you have any, not skewers, do you have any chopsticks? No, but I, Come I can on. get some chopsticks. A house without chopsticks? Yeah, I'll order some Chinese food tomorrow. Yeah, good. but just keep the, you know, get yourself a nice collection because they're useful for so many things. Actually, chopsticks. I did order some chopsticks on Amazon and not, no, not even kidding. Uh, oh. They're designed uh, like lightsabers. <laughs> but the chopsticks it's brilliant i saw it i'm like i gotta yeah. i gotta buy that it's that's i must own that so now i'm gonna be eating everything with lightsaber chopsticks. that's very cool well you might they have you ever gone to think geek one word t-h-i-n-k i've been there yeah but i uh they, really they would have that sort of thing possibly. probably would yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's i saw that and they also have a, a nice uh, silverware uh set of like spoons and forks and stuff all designed like lightsabers got that too really my really? whole house is going to be Star Wars, like, decorated by aye, the end aye, of the aye. year. And, it's going to be crazy, um, Nancy, crazy. Well, I, uh, you know, and as the year, as as we're looking at the new year, I want to thank you again for just kind of pleasantly describing to me how you were running your Amazon store so ah. that I could follow in your footsteps. And instead of just sending you boxes of junky books that, um, you know, that we that we just accumulated over the years... I thought, I'll look up what they're worth, and oh, whoa. And I now uh-huh. have my own little thing going on, and it, it has saved us this year. It's really really been a blessing, mm-hmm. you know? And there's that. But I wish I could learn more about radio from you, but I can only learn by hanging around and just watching because <laughs> nobody seems to tell what radio was really like until you actually become a radio personality. Or have a show, and mm-hmm. then everybody seems to have a network, and I don't understand what that that's means. That's the problem. That's see, that's an ego thing, and I, I fully understand now. You know, being in this business for seven years, how ego plays a huge part in this thing. Well, tell uh, me, tell me, he, what do you mean when you say ego plays something uh, with with networks? Egos. Every person who owns a, a radio network, uh, except for Keith Rowland, shout outs to Keith by the way, uh, except for him because he obviously owns it because of art, you know, art. Want to come back? Blah blah blah. Uh, but every person online who has a network, like PSN Radio, like uh, you know, 
racist hobs or whatever you know these mm-hmm. guys have out there their radio stations uh all these guys that have radio stations at one point started off as a broadcaster a podcaster online okay and they probably started either on btr or they started on some other independent you know station online and then the thought came into their head is like hey i should rule this network i should have my own network the ego takes over and then they decide to do something that is just geared to like what they want to talk about and then they create their own network and that, that yeah, happens but that sounds time. like a good thing because no but it, it eludes the, it eludes no but it eludes the field and it makes it harder for networks to no, actually it creates make a the profit field. Not really. No, it deletes oh, it. Okay. Oh, okay. Waters it down. No, no, but, but I, I disagree. You're basically against capitalism when you say that because capitalism thrives on competition. And I don't mind competition, but when there's like a billion other networks. Yeah, but the audience only grows. And the point is if you're good, and, and the more time you have in grade, the, the sooner you can learn about how to be good. If you're good, people will come back. And that's why... You know, uh, you know. I'm thinking, and you, I don't, we haven't talked about this yet, but I'm thinking very strongly, and you've said this all along, do more future theater, and I'm thinking about it. You should. And, you know, the thing about it is I, I kind of don't know how and stuff, so I'm exploring this. And well, the days that I could be on, I don't mind producing and being on with you. But, uh, well, you know, I think, okay, but that's why. If you're going to do it at four in the morning, I, I No, no, but here's you. why I thought this. Here's why I thought this. If I'm producing it myself, if I'm making the show myself, I can then just go to your automatic DJ if the slot's open, hit the button, right, and we're broadcasting. And like it's that. also going out on my stream, correct? And if you do both in quarters at the same time, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing because I don't think it dilutes. I think it doubles. I think it, no, it dilutes it because people are going to just pick one or the other. So one is going to suffer and the other one's not. Maybe not. On, Maybe internet, not. on internet, being on multiple networks is a bad idea. On AM radio, it's a great idea because you have local markets, which are, you know, if, you, if you're on a local station here in Florida, that means nobody else gets to listen to but you. But wait, So you're going to want to the inevitable, But the inevitable is you can't really be exclusive because, like, we have always started out from the beginning as a kind of a dual thing because of dark matter and PSN. Right. And it's never really hurt us. I think it's helped both sides. Mm, no, I think no, PSN no, 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 brings dark matter no, new listeners no. and vice versa. Negative. For the rest of the network, for the other ne- shows on the network, negative. for the whole network. No, and here's I'll tell you exactly why, Nancy. Uh, when we first Somebody's started off, going to call in and say that I'm right. No, they're not. And here, and I'll I'll prove it to you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first started off, we we're doing pretty good with numbers. To, you know, it wasn't great, but it was pretty decent, right? We went over to Dark Matter. The numbers went to zero on PSN. Ah. Okay. And really, all the numbers went to Dark Matter, which is fine because, you know, eventually me and Keith were talking about maybe merging and, you know, us, everybody going over. So there was a big discussion, so I didn't mind it. But here's the thing. We've now come back fully live on PSN, right? Mm-hmm. Our numbers are still nowhere near where they used to be. Ah. So it hurt us. Ah. It didn't help. It okay. hurt. Having multiple networks hurts one of the networks. That's just the way it is. Okay. The idea when we went and started working with Dark Matter was because eventually, if everything worked out and art was you know 100% back and everything was rolling perfect, we were going to dissolve PSN and just move everything into Dark Matter and help Keith as much as we possibly could. Mm-hmm. Because he's an extremely hardworking dude. I mean, the guy is working his butt off over there and still is, even with everything that's gone on. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, that explains a certain amount. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but the numbers don't lie. But what if... Right. What if you could think about this whole thing in terms of the way uh, multi-level marketing works, where you get people to pay you to stream your stuff? I'm still not interested. No, how come? That sounds like an idea. 
Well, well, if, you're, if somebody's going to pay you to, to stream your stuff, then why do you need a, a network to begin with? Because they're going to be listening to you on another network. The point is to like try to build a network. Okay. Didn't yeah. we have this discussion like a few weeks ago? On this we have, we keep ter- having terrible yet. case of deja vu over here. Well, I'll tell maybe you it's the medicine. It. I'm, I'm um, on Percocet, Nancy, so it's good stuff. Wait, say again. I missed that part. Oh, I'm I'm on Percocet, so I'm on pretty good stuff. You maybe on Percocet? Yeah, man, I'm on some crazy uh, painkillers. Oh my God! Watch out! Oh, it's good How stuff. How come? What What are the effects? Are you when I had <laughs> all my dental work done when I had all that gum surgery, mm-hmm. and so the dentist gave me Percocets because he said, "What is your?" F-? He said, "He said to me like uh, this was like we were in a candy store." He said, "What is your favorite painkiller of choice?" And I said, "Ah, <laughs> Vicodins, Percocets. You know, t- you know, take your choice." And so he says, here, so Percocets. So a Liebert, who I was writing, I'm still writing a book with him, but at the time I was writing this book, this was like five years ago. Liebert, I tell him what I'm on. He says, if you don't throw those down the toilet, I will get on a plane and come out to your house, rip them out of your medicine cabinet, and throw them down the toilet for you. Whatever pain you experience is better then what happens if you get addicted to Percocets? Very true. Wait, is that oxycotton? Yeah, oxycotton. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much same thing. Well, okay. So wait, but but you, Bill, never took any of the Percocets, right? No, I took. No, I took baby. I took. I took Reese's baby aspirin. But wait, are you Angel actually taking them? Hell yeah. Okay, well then we have to watch you like a hawk. <laughs> so Are you kidding me? I've been in incredible pain since this happened on Sunday. Well, I know that's so. the bad part about it. I mean, it is it is excruciating pain. Yeah, well, shout I mean, out horrible. to Chris Brown who was talking about this very thing on this massive Skype <laughs> s- snowball thing that you've got going. Uh, Skype is a marvelous thing, and I wish Bill could um, u- use it, but Bill stays away from everything. Oh, by the way, social media. Yeah. Speaking of that Skype, if anybody wants to join in on that conversation, I actually uh, placed it on our website on psn-radio.com. Ah. If you if you go where it says "Listen and Chat Live," the little link right there on the very menu, hmm? next to "On Air," the red button. Uh, if you just hover over it, don't click it, but just hover over "Listen and Chat Live," it'll drop down and it'll say "Skype Chat." And you can click that, and it'll no open up kidding. your Skype, and you can join our wow. chat and be part of the Skype chatting environment. Well, and yeah, and just basically help shape the future of the network, I'd say. Correct, Amanda. Because the network is constantly, uh, well, everything, I, I think everything is in turmoil, to be honest. Um, I'm doing a lot of thinking. Uh, I know Keith is doing a lot of thinking. I know that Heather is working her butt off, and mm-hmm. she's just a total worrywart. When when the radio goes on, she sounds really happy, and that's the mark of a professional. Right. But I know that she's nervous because she's you know she's been on Belgab, and the whole Belgab thing is in flux in its own way. It was a little bit of a an enterprise, the Van Dieven enterprise, hmm. and its future is uncertain like a like a that not Ouija board but that magic eight ball the future is uncertain um PSN has been here before dark matter and doesn't have the kind of problems that um some of the other people are having uh Dr. J went left dark matter um what mm-hmm. else um, and our guest tonight. Now Martin Horst has never been on dark matter has he our guest tonight Martin. I always think he's a member of the no, network. you can always confuse it with Martin Willis. 
I do because their yeah, names are both yep. Martin. <laughs> Stupid. Well, Martin Horst is Martin Horst. Yeah, Martin, Martin Willis Horst is, is Marty Willis. I know, and I do confuse the two. And I have to say that um, I consider them both really fun guys to talk to. And tonight, it's Martin Horst. And, you know, he's staying up really late because he's, he's phoning in from Holland. Yeah, there's one question I have to ask him. There is a book that I have, which is by this Dutch detective, Blau. And Bob Keppel gave it to me. I know the book. I know the book. And it, it's a book. it is one of the greatest stories. I mean, for folks who like true crime... And folks who like historic true crime, and folks who like historic true crime, which actually become movies. This became the movie M all the way back in the 1930s with Peter Lawford. Okay, what is M about? And and by the way, um, thanks to Angel, we watched the other night a classic that we had never seen before, 1950s Humphrey Bogart, In a Lonely Place. Uh, Weird. Oh, you like that, Pretty film interesting. Yeah, in a noir. Film noir. Oh, I got um, a movie for you to watch, and yeah. it's complex. Yeah. You have to see this movie, and next show I'm going to ask you for your review. You might have heard of it already. Maybe you've seen it. I don't know. It's called The Signal. came out in 2014. Oh, oh no. yes. Yes, wait, no. I'm thinking of the John Travolta, the sound. No, 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 no. This is different, right? Yeah, th- yeah. Thank God John Travolta's not in this. Oh man, that would. T- no, terrible. he was in a really good movie. What was the name of that movie? It wasn't the sound or the signal, but it was about a a film producer or film, um, you know, a podcaster type, way before internet, and he's filming stuff and he hears a gunshot. That's not the signal. No, 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 no. That's and the one about the. Goes to hell. Yes, it's like, it's right. Like Day that's of the not the signal. No, I, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yes, definitely not this one. No, 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 not this one. No. But, uh, but, but, why on your Plex collection do you get the most incredible weird stuff from the past? It's like, are you actually, are you, are, are people recommending certain ones that? You say, well, oh, this is 2014, it so it's not that old. In fact, I had heard of it, but I had not really paid attention okay, to this Okay, so movie. what is The Signal? Well, I think uh, I'd... It, it's I'm... a good movie. Look, a friend of mine told me, dude, you got to watch this movie because he's into like the whole flat earth theory and the okay. inner earth and all that stuff. And, he, and you know, I dismiss all that nonsense, really, because, you know, we run on spherical earth, man. We run, it's a round earth. Get used to it. Now, but he believes that, uh, you know, we, we live on a flat earth. So he was like, dude, I recommend this movie. You'll love it. It kind of mm-hmm. deals with this stuff and this and that. And I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. It is actually a fascinating movie. Uh, it's about three kids who are, are following a hacker's signal that they get uh, after this guy hacked, um, I think it was MIT. And he hacked uh, their servers and destroyed all a bunch of servers. And, and then he starts, you know, hacking their computers at home. And the guy, these guys are freaking out, right? So the two guys and the guy's girlfriend take off to find this hacker. And uh, let's just say they end up in a place very similar to Area 51. Wow. And then I don't something think we've seen this. And I, and no, we haven't. No, no. This, I've heard of the movie, but I, we've never seen no. it. I don't no. want to give away too many spoilers, but let's just say there is an abduction. And what happens after that is fascinating. Hmm. It's a it's a good mind twister of a movie. Really, I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. In fact, right. I, I'm sad I didn't see it in 2014 because I do my reviews every year, favorite movies and stuff in the roundtable. That mm-hmm. would have been top five easily. Yeah, cool. Great movie. Okay, well then, and also the big short we just mentioned is really really fun to watch. Um, it's a it's a book about or it's a book it's a movie about financial dealings. Well, it's about the 2008 crash, and Steve Carroll is unbelievable in that movie. I mean, oh, no, Christian, I Bale Christian Bale is great. Yeah. 
Well, and Christian Bale Brad is great, Pitt. but Steve, and Brad Pitt is great. Nice. But Steve Carell, I mean, just is totally out of. I mean, he's really acting. He's totally. It's not a comic. He's totally out of character. He's actually inhabiting a whole other, a, a, a real person, Mike Baum, uh, one of the people who foresaw, who had to be convinced, but then foresaw what was happening and foresaw what the banks were doing and the financial institutions were doing to, to cover up the fact that they were selling bad paper that they were betting against to gullible buyers, yeah, but you which know what? is the this reason movie... for the crash. This movie, for most people, will finally cut through the verbiage. And that's how you do say that word, verbiage. It's not verbiage. It's verbiage. Right. I always say verbiage. It is verbiage. And, I'll take uh, your word for it, but i say verbiage. No, but I, you know, you should take my word for something. Something. <laughs> Let's do it for English lit, okay? Let's agree. You this should like, know the English my, uh, language a little bit better than I. That's for well, sure. Well, I, I got my degree in it, so let me let me. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> well, um... Yeah, so I did, but uh, verbiage, and I lost my train of thought, so we'll worry about it, it later. It anyway, makes, but, what you're saying is it takes the right. financial yeah. verbiage, the financial <laughs> jargon, and breaks it down in the most simplest of, in the most simple of ways, but it does it in a comic format. So, for example, you're talking about credit default swaps, and you're talking about credit default obligations, and these are all the mechanism and then synthetic credit default obligations, bets on bets and how the bets are going to come out. And um, it, it, it does it in terms of a Las Vegas blackjack table. It does it in terms of, but even with a top-notch economist working with someone else. So, I mean, it is really, in that regard, the way the movie takes you away from the narrative line whenever a real definition is called for. But part of the point of the movie is that everybody knew what was going on, and it was like the big lie, like this can't be true, banks can't be doing this. As the economy began to melt, because what was happening was, and we were in the, uh, we were in the midst of this, and we actually made money off this, we were in the midst of this, where... Um, mortgage brokers were, were literally giving away these no-doc, no-income verification loans to, quite frankly, unqualified buyers at loans-to-value of, in some cases, 85 90% loan-to-value. I remember in California for some of the new developments that but were going me, up. But let me, let me, we, we know all this. 125% value I don't know that. Right, but let me, so let me ask get, Angel about... So you get about, cash back to buy the house. Right, right, right. But let me ask Angel about something. They say that this very same thing is happening right here and now, uh, they're doing it again with auto loans. Would you say that's true? Um, not that I've experienced myself. No. No, they're no. not. You're, you're not giving away cars basically to unqualified people. No, no, no. You still have to go through the regular process of doing, you know, the regular check with the banks, and if they don't approve you, they don't approve you. They do approve, you know, some people if they have bad credit, if they put enough down payment, but if they don't have the sufficient down payment, then there's no go. Okay. Because yeah. some of the stories that I've heard are some of these car leasing companies. Yeah, but well, leasing is different than purchasing a used vehicle. Right. No, no they're yeah. buying new car. Uh, they're buying used cars, okay. and they're putting them back on the lease market, and they're installing the engine cutoff devices. 
So you could be in the middle of a freeway somewhere and you haven't made your monthly payment and suddenly the engine cuts out. Well, that sort of, I, that I, mean, I have heard of. That I have heard yeah, of. Yeah. In fact, uh, they were talking about doing something similar to that in my job because we have a buy here, pay here program also. Right. And yeah. that's something they were looking about maybe doing to some of the vehicles, some of the higher end cars. Um, well, if that, when if it I, sold yeah, that way. I listen to I listen to more paranoid radio than this is. This is a little more mainstream. We are somewhat mainstream, believe it or not. But I listen to more paranoid folks than us who suggest that we should not be sitting so quietly as we drive our computers around. Basically, we're riding in a we're riding uh, on a hard drive, basically, and that computer can cut out. And as you just described. Um, so, well, can it's you still buy I mean, it's, it's, it's without, actually worse. Without, yeah, no, without the computer ahead. stuff in it. Well, it's actually worse because um, if you go into hardware stores now, what you find out is that there are in in newer cars, not brand new, but but newer cars. Angel can verify this. There are these electronic keys, and these electronic keys will um, supposedly allow you, but it also allows somebody else who has the codes to those keys to take control of your car. So you can imagine, I mean, your cell phone is giving off your GPS location wherever you go. Your car on GPS is giving your GPS location wherever you go. Your um, one pass is giving your location wherever you cross a toll barrier. And now you've got a satellite device that basically will start and stop your car as, as long as you have the key. Well, but as long as you're not sat- breaking the law, you have nothing to fear. Yeah, but breaking the law, I'm, I'm that's joking. my problem. I'm you know, I, I know, I know you're joking, but just think about um, uh, when laws change, breaking the law becomes, gee, I didn't know the law changed, now I'm a lawbreaker. I mean, b- back... Back well, a that's thousand the whole years point. Ago. The more the the more the more control that the government has over you, uh, versus say what's going on in Oregon. But the more control the government has over you, the more the less freedom you have. I mean, it's kind of obvious, and there, and we don't have a lot of choice. I remember um, th- speaking back to the Big Short during uh, after the stuff happened on Wall Street came Occupy. Remember Occupy right. Wall Street? Right. And Occupy was disintegrated. I don't know how they did it, but they, they disintegrated it. It went away. It, it fell apart. Don't ask me why. Well, I it was felt, co-opted. Just like well, the Tea Party it was against co-opted. Wall Street. You know, it's big no-no. I know, but, but when you watch The Big Short, you will say, yeah, it's probably maybe one of the more corrupt institutions. We, we know lots of institutions are corrupt, but they don't have to be corrupt. And it might be a good idea for us to remind people they don't have to be. Uh, we can, it just, just like, I mean, on a smaller scale, everybody's fussing on what to do about Belgab. Cause poor Belgab, this forum that was thriving during, during the time Art Bell I've, was. I've been happy. kind of maybe, uh, not paying attention, obviously, but what's going on with Belgab? This is the second time you mentioned him. Well, it, it's an interesting phenomenon because we had the fellow who started Bell Gabo and uh, Future Theater, Michael Van Dieven, and, right, and MV. just yep. MV, and just go to the guest list okay. and look for Michael Van Dieven, and you'll see I've gone to some trouble. I think it's a wonderful guest list, and you'll find him and stuff. And so I, I kind of feel um, he's a really interesting guy, uh, a former radio guy too, right. and he has his own network. You're right. You're right. Um, 
and, and, and that's <laughs> that's where I think this is coming from. People on Belgab are they seem to be in the radio business. There's a lot of talent on Belgab. People come and go, and in fact, Heather Wade, the new host of Midnight in the Desert, was mm-hmm. a Belgabber named Redacted. Right. And right now she's sort of fighting her way back on because there's a lot of dislike of her show because she replaced Art Bell. It's like, Mm. you know, I mean, people are really angry at Art Bell and they're taking it out on Heather. Um, And and this has got to be a nightmare of in a nightmare that just doesn't you don't wake up from. You know, you're getting the radio show of your dreams, but is it really though, Nancy? Is it well, really? It's more like the radio show for nightmares at this point. Everybody's it is at this point. But what I'm saying is, if if all things were equal, you know, if you weren't sort of sitting on uh, a time bomb of what happened to art, if all things were equal, getting a great radio show on the Dark Matter Network when it was thriving and Art Bell was there, right, would have been a dream come true. Of course, yeah, but situations have changed right but i but i remember uh, uh the fellow who was producing for hoagland saucy rossi his uh-huh. name is ross something i don't remember saucy rossi saucy <laughs> rossi is his belgab name and he was another belgabber um he basically and again i'm losing my train of thought but anyway belgab is a very, was a very vibrant place when art bell decided to hang up the microphone again for the last time the place the place became flooded with really angry malicious types of people and all the the Belgab groups just kind of picked up their skirts and stepped away and and yeah then- somebody's uh, mentioning here on the PSN uh, Skype chat uh the trolls have taken over Belgab and the majority of the folks are just being mean now so mm-hmm. yeah exactly and so and, it, and 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 based on the kind of guests that we have here in Future Theater, it becomes pretty interesting to try to figure out why. What is the nature of the new trolling, if there is such a thing? Because right. most of us have a suspect feeling that the other business, the other industries, the people who would like to see Art Bell go away, those people are behind it. They're paying people to sit behind their desks and be mean. You get paid for it. You know, you literally have a job. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, in this economy, who wouldn't take the job? And so, if that's the case, what do you do? You know, does the Michael does Michael Van Dieven, who just had a new baby and is is going back to school, does he lose his forum because Art Bell's gone? It's no longer the Bell Gab Forum, etc. Um, well, it's it's the Bell Gab Forum. It's not, that's not going to change. I wouldn't think. No, there's so much hatred right now. Um, Only one person I know has lost a network because he had to go on a. Medical vacation for a couple of weeks. Uh, Only one person. What do you mean? And he has a con. That's all I'm saying. Oh, exactly. I see what you're saying. I see. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You saw where I was going with that, huh, Bill? So yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but let me tell you, um, I've been trying really hard. See, I'm looking at having Future Theater on the air more days a week. That's what I'm trying to figure out because I'll tell you why. Not because of the paranormal per se, but because of all the other books we do. As you know, we're always trying to jam in, say, a celebrity book into the right. show. And so this way, if we have one day of the week, we do celebrity stuff. And another day we do house and home because I have, uh, we have books like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to publish, among other things, we're publishing Soroya's book. It's a vampire book. So we nice. have vampire books. We have all kinds of books. Anyway, and I'd love to do shows to promote the books, right? That's so I idea. guess the yeah. thing to do is to talk offline or right. when, we get, when you're not breaking your ankle, when you're not <laughs> working, 
geez, you know. <sighs> you know, Very the joke was uh, that my brother told me when he found out I broke my leg he, or my ankle. He goes, he called me up. He's like, man, you haven't gone in the yard in about two months. You finally go outside and you break your ankle? Don't go back outside. I'm like, that's messed <laughs> up, dude. Yeah. True, but it's messed True. up. True. It's very easy to do. It's very easy to do because, you know, the outside is always changing. As you said, it was raining for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, what was wrong with your air conditioner? The motor was broken. It started going, yeah, it cost me, on top of everything, it cost me 180 bucks to fix. Bah. Wow. Bah humbug. We've got to take a break, guys. We're at the end of the At the bottom of the hour. And we will, okay, so we're going to be back with our guest, Martin Horst. When we come back on Future Theater Live on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network, stay with us. We are Bill and Nancy Burns on Future Theater, and we will be back after these very important messages. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Supermanhomepage.com Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more.
Hi, everybody, and we're back on Future Theater Live with our guest, all the way from the Netherlands, Martin Horst. We are your co we are your co-host, Bill and Nancy Burns, with Angel, our producer, the Jackal, and here is Martin Horst. Thank you for joining us, Martin, and staying up early yes, in the thank morning. You. Thank you, uh, Bill. It's a uh, it's a pleasure to be here again. Uh, I think it was five months ago or six months ago that I was on Future Theater with you and Nancy. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's a pleasure to be back here, and um, I feel uh, it's a great time to be alive. I think many things are right now happening that are very interesting to mention, so... Uh, True. I'm okay, happy well, I want to ask you, I, I want to start off this uh, just on a whole other subject. I mean, uh, there you are in, in the Netherlands, mm -hmm. and my question to you is, is Europe still reeling from all the violence and terror and stuff like that that took place in uh, France and is now taking place in Belgium um, just over the past few months and continues to this day. Well, the thing is, I, I guess that those, I call them fake terrorist attacks because, you know, they're set up by our own government. The thing that they want to do is they want to create martial law. Here in Europe, in the United States, in other countries, because they want to confiscate our guns. I, I mean, we, it's illegal to have guns in, in the Netherlands. But if you look to the United States, um, uh, the, the, the bad guys, you know, who, who are ruling the world, they try to get more power and get more from our freedoms. Uh, uh, they're taking them away. And, of course, they create, create all those uh, fear-mongering attacks. And, of course, the mainstream media is all reporting about it worldwide. But I think there are a, a, a few reasons for this. One is to create fear. One is, and the, another one is to, to create laws that are taking away our freedoms. So yeah. I think it's not, a good, it's not good that this is happening. And, um, but, you know, there, there are plenty of websites. Alex Jones is reporting about this on InfoWars. Many others uh, that... Um, it's it's not a fake. Um, but but Martin, what can people do to change the patterns that you're talking about? Uh, first of all, we should turn off our televisions. <laughs> That's one one thing. Oh, hold on, Martin. Martin, have you not seen the Daredevil TV series? Huh. It's fascinating. I, I yes, can't, it I can't is. turn it off. That's it's cool. awesome. No, there's good stuff out there. I, I don't say that. Oh, it's so good. It's bad, but. Yeah, but yeah. it's but Angel, it's the it's the advertisements in between, basically, and the you know the the stuff they push at you when you're just not feeling it, and they're programming you, basically. Yeah, you but I, I tune all that stuff out. You think you do, you think you do, but actually, you're a sponge because when you're watching television, you're in an altered state, whether or not. You're drinking a beer or smoking a bong or something. I was going to say, because I'm always in an altered state, Nancy. No, but you are, because think about this. <laughs> think about this. Uh, Bill and I have literally, literally been hooked on the show called Blue Bloods. Um, in That's a good show. We watch a couple episodes every night, and we are totally hooked. And once the episode starts... We're we're literally in an altered state. We're in that place where we're living with that family. Um uh, You'll have dreams about them. It's as real to you as if you're really living it, and then you're suggestible. Yeah. You're suggestible any which way they want to suggest. And mm. I worry about that a lot, but don't mm. know what else to do because we still need entertainment. 
Right. You right. know, like Greek theater, the Greeks needed entertainment. And I love. I think w. entertainment is good, but I think it's the point is as it, what what Bill is asking about Europe um, to stay away from the fear. And it doesn't matter if you listen to uh, the mainstream radio or watch television or even look up uh, CNN.com or another mainstream website, BBC.co.uk. It doesn't matter which one. It's important to think for yourself and to know what's going on, to do your own research. Um, and I wasn't there when the attacks happened in Paris, but I can tell you, boy, um, they're trying to do something to, to get away our freedom. And I'm not buying into it. And I honestly believe that the Galactics are helping us. And um, there are forces behind the scenes, like the White Dragon Group and others, I just uh, listened to the Zap message and the Poof message, which are very good. You know, um, they're not getting away with this, and um, we are being helped. So, so I believe that there will be some kind of breakthrough this year, uh, so that the power to the people will be restored, and that we can live our freedoms and enjoy our prosperity programs. Donald and Trump will become president, that's... Well, what, but, but no, no, don't say, don't even say that. I mean, I'm, I'm frightened at the thought of it. But, but Martin, what gives you the thought or the hope, or even the the assurance that somebody is out to help us? Well, there's always a balance, you see, in nature. If you look at an atom, an atom has a core which is positively charged electrically. Uh, around the core are circulating electrons and they are negatively charged electrically and whatever happens in whatever chemical reaction in nature uh, the energy will be restored into a balance now for the last 13,000 years the power over the humanity on, on earth has been by the Anunnaki and its descendants and those factions that are controlling the major governments of the West, now there's a restoring of balance happening right now as we speak, and it's been going on for decades. Now, if you look at BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, those are called the BRICS nations, they are trying to, uh, for example, to create a balance in the financial system, um, to, get, to get away from the petrodollar and to have other currencies uh, supporting the world economy. So... We are heading to a more balanced uh, situation here. And this will take time, of course. And there's a lot of planning on the background happening uh, continuously. Um, but, folks, you know, at some point, I think those, uh, those people in, in power who are controlling the, uh, the world economy and the, and the world military operations, they will be arrested and then... There will be some type of freedom. And, and this is going along with the event where Cobra speaks about and Alkesh speaks about. Well, um, uh, very recently, um, during, in the American presidential campaign in the Democratic Party, a reporter in New Hampshire, the state of New Hampshire, asked Hillary Clinton about would she try to disclose the real facts about the whole UFO phenomenon, in, at least in the United States, but probably worldwide. It's not limited to the United States. Mm -hmm. And she said that she would, her quote was, I will get to the bottom 
mm-hmm. of this whole question of UFOs. And that story was picked up in a whole bunch of um, smaller newspapers. I mean, it's funny because the New York Times, the L.A. Times, the Washington Post, they didn't run with that story. It's as if they had some collusion to block that story. But the Huffington Post, of all places, they did run with that story. And Hillary Clinton was very, very explicit about that she would be the UFO president. Yeah, you have to understand that John Podesta was involved in the Clinton administration and John Podesta who was the advisor for the White House for Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton yes. uh, is still in play and he has still some influence on uh, Hillary Clinton. And by the way, the Clintons, um, they know about this. They, they know the truth about UFOs and Area 51, Area 53. They have all the knowledge about this. So, um, and, and that's because of, say, Lawrence Rockefeller perhaps? Yes, exactly. And, and by the way, uh, this news story about Hillary Clinton uh, giving that promise to the voters uh, was not only in, in U.S. newspapers, it was even in Russia Today and other uh, worldwide news outlets, in many languages even. Well, that's fascinating because also, remember that John Podesta was part of a um, Freedom of Information lawsuit against the um, National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, over the whole crash in Kecksburg, because yeah. NASA was at that crash site in uh, December 1965, uh, or November 1965 when the crash happened, and there were people from NASA there retrieving the object that fell. And Leslie Kane, who's been doing research into this, and John Podesta, who was, I guess, a friend of hers, uh, both um, joined in a lawsuit to get NASA to divulge whatever files they had on Kecksburg, since it was NASA that retrieved the object. And so John Podesta has been involved in this for a while. But it worked, didn't it? Didn't it work? They didn't. They in fact get the files that they were no. asking for. No, because no. NASA simply said it has no, it had no files. They complied with the lawsuit. They sent some press releases or some such thing about Kecksburg, but no, they never really told what actually happened at Kecksburg. Okay. Yeah, they never officially released any documents. And I, we have spoken about it in the last show, Bill. Um, you know what's happening with NORAD, uh, NORAD and the NRO, the National Reconnaissance Office. Those organizations probably have more information in their vault than uh, the NASA had that could be uh, useful for disclosure. That's right. Oh, sure. I mean, um, one of our guests mm, about two and a half years ago uh, said that he was Canadian. I mean, he was Canadian. Um, he worked with NORAD, and he said that, that the NORAD files on the amount of objects, um, intelligently guided objects in our atmosphere that were not airplanes from various nations, um, they were very large files. They were very extensive files. Yes, yes, and, indeed. And they couldn't talk about them. And. The thing that really, um, I would love to find out more files, and I'm wondering why Vladimir Putin hasn't released them. The Russians have very extensive files yes, on UFOs. Have. Yes. Yeah, well, but why, the, why, 
there's a documentary in Russian which is called Man in Black and it's not the Hollywood production of Man in Black it's a Russian production you can find it with subtitles on, on YouTube it's um, uh, it contains information from the Russian from Russian Russian generals and um, Russian people from the um, the NASA version that Russia has and and this is really a type of, uh, of 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 documentary that's really giving out a lot of information. And by the way, the vice president of Russia has talked about this in a television interview, I believe, three years ago. He mentioned uh, it. Wow, about the documentary. Yes, Man in Black. Oh, Man in Black. We will check that out. Did you say it might be on Netflix? <laughs> no, I was no, it's on YouTube. Oh, on it's YouTube. Like, okay. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Well, it's well, great now, to, be back, uh, to be back with you guys. And um, so, h- how are things uh, holding up in the United States? I mean, um, if you look at the climate, there's so much going on, uh, so much flooding in England, in the state, in yes. Missouri, I believe. Uh, boy, um, <laughs> yes. And, well, and, uh, every four every four years, the United States becomes very psychotic about its presidential elections. Yes, I know. Th- that's but what wait, happens. Wait, that's wait, a- wait. We we should before we leave the weather. Um, I would assume that we're all thinking we're in a thing called El Nino, which uh, makes a very very mild winter. So we're not in. We hope global warming, but we are without a doubt experiencing the mildest winter that we've ever seen, except for today. <laughs> well, today, finally, finally, it got cold. But realistically, it's been sixties uh, and seventies, and all of our flowers are starting to bud, which yes, is really bad. Good. Yes, really. Yeah, well, yeah. Wow, wow. But the thing is, it, it's it's not about global warming or global cooling. Well, you know what it's about? It's about global extremism. The weather is becoming more extreme. In some parts, it's getting more dry. In some parts, it's getting more wet. But at the same time, a part that has been getting more dry in, in some months, for example, can get flooded in the, in the month after, you know. Um, right, and that was part, uh, uh, that's very true. Uh, well, do you um, guys think HARP is be responsible for anything like that that's going on? It's possible. Well, one of the things this guy Mitch Batro says is that it's not just warming here on Earth, that the entire solar system is yes. warming as our solar system crosses the plane of the galaxy, which yes. was predicted in the Mayan calendar. Yes, correct. Yeah, Mitch Bartos is a great guy. You mean he, he has a website called... Um, EarthChanges. EarthChanges.net. Yes, EarthChanges. He's, he's great, yeah. I'm um, a subscriber of his newsletter. Right. And, and, and just he, 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 is very, he is very articulate about the fact that not only is the solar system, because there's, I mean, there are massive storms on Jupiter, there's warming on Jupiter, there's a lot of activity on Venus, mm-hmm. and, that is be, and there's activity on the sun. And so one of the suggestions is, is that as, as our solar system crosses the plane of the galaxy, a whole bunch of different things will change with respect to the Earth's magnetic field, the, the Earth's tilt on its axis, there'll be some um, changing of the um, magnetic poles, just, and that is an, almost a routine reaction to crossing that plane when 
gravity itself is affected by that. And, and yes. um, that's what he's suggesting, that a lot of the weather that we're seeing is simply a local manifestation of what's happening on a, uh, not a galactic scale, but a solar system scale. Hmm. Yeah, a galactic uh, it, scale. Yeah, also galactic. You know what, what it is? It's, it's both the changes in our solar system, in our own sun, our own star, in the galaxy, but also on Earth. The Earth is being affected by the solar rays, by the solar flares, by the magnetic field that's changing from the sun, the magnetic field that's changing on Earth. And then there's also the chemtrails and harp. All those combined together are making the changes. But, but Martin, would you say that we're undergoing a, a, a rising in a consciousness level as a, as a planetary group, or would you say that it's being tamped down artificially? I believe that the tamping down isn't working anymore. And I can see, in a, I mean, looking at the social networks, there is right now, there's a waking up call going on. I mean, seven years ago, you and I were on the internet with a few, a bunch of people, a dozen, maybe 30 years ago, you know, before the internet. There was a small group of UFO researchers like Bill and yourself. Uh, but this group is now getting so large, you know, there's so many people waking up. Um, people are watching less television. They are more on the Internet, watching documentaries on YouTube, listening, listening to PSN radio, to my radio show. Uh, you know, and this is great because, uh, you know, I have to give a compliment to you and Bill, Nancy, and uh, to, to Angel from PSN radio because this is... This is bringing the news out, and I don't know how many people are listening tonight, but uh, on internet radio and on YouTube, the numbers are skyrocketing. They're getting higher and higher. Uh, social media networks like Facebook, uh, people that were skeptical maybe a year ago, are now tuning into news groups on Facebook, several websites that you can like, there are pages that you can like, where you get all the news from the weather changes from UFOs, from ETs, from uh, disclosure projects, uh, all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And the numbers are growing and growing, and I think it's a very positive sign. Well, now, given all that traffic and all the people and all the dissemination of information that's going out there, how do you filter it out? How do you filter out what's true from what's not true? That's a very good question, uh, Bill. I think, first of all, you have to do your own research, and you are well, very well informed. Um, but if people are new to this, uh, let's say you are listening to this radio show, and maybe you had your wake-up call three months ago, uh, it will take some time to uh, digest all the information, but there are a few things, a few requirements, let's say, uh, that are important in order to understand what's going on and understand the bigger picture, first of all, messages that contain a lot of fear uh, should be ignored. Are not completely ignored by... Um, there must be uh, some way of um, proof or evidence that resonates with your heart. And if information is correct or truth, um, it will give you a feeling that it will lead to a better world, it will lead to disclosure. Um, I might be, uh, I may sound naive, but I believe in positive news, you know? Well, I actually, actually, the more 
uh, bad stuff comes at me, the more I go out on the web looking for people who seem to still have their some common sense about them, but who are saying positive things instead of purely negative things because it's yeah. not, you know, it, the mainstream media is in collusion, it's true, with, I guess, a world-class war machine that wants us to make war because it makes more profit, I, I think, sadly. But, but, yeah. but are there good guys on the inside, do you think? I'm sure there are. Uh, it's not only about war and and uh, becoming richer from from uh, setting up countries against each other or groups against each other. It's also that when people are in fear, they're more easy to control. If you are in your own power, if you feel your I am presence, if you feel your heart, if you're connected to your to yourself. And if you can think independently, uh, then they cannot harm you. And you will take action or legal action or uh, protest on the street or you will just uh, not be frightened by by those fear messages. And if you are in your own power, um, then um, you're not so easy to control. That's what I think. Right. And do you think most people who come to meditation... Uh, eventually become a bit political just because, or do they? Or is it possible to just look for meditation and just hope that the world leaves you alone? Or do you feel like you have to, you know, you have to take a more, a more not positive stance, you have to take a more active stance to protect yeah, I, your own way of life, let's say? Yeah, I think, I believe that prayer and meditation um, have to be used in a proactive way. Um, it's not used to to float around uh, in your room uh, or f- only fly to the stars. Yeah, of course, we know that we are all connected, that the universe is connected, that all matter is energy, and that all life in the universe is connected through consciousness. But the most important part is that you focus your intent on, on liberating the planet and on liberating humanity and... Um, Hmm. So, yes, what you're saying is true, to be proactive instead of passive. Martin, I have a question for you, and it's kind of uh, segueing a little bit away from the uh, main part of the conversation here, but I want to get your, your opinion on uh, both the hollow earth theory and the flat earth theory. Uh, now you're getting somewhere, uh, Angel. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for asking that question, Angel. Well, okay, uh, I will give an answer to that uh, okay. uh, now. <laughs> I believe in the hollow earth, and I believe the earth is an orb, is, is a sphere, is round. Okay. okay. I don't believe the earth is flat. However, um, there is the theory of the convoluted earth theory, and that mm-hmm. says that um, it's some kind of weird shape. And um, honestly, I believe that flat earth theory. Um, Look, in in um, the whole new paradigm where you talk about UFOs, the Galactic Federation, disclosure, um, let's use the word conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. There's always something interesting or something new that you can invent to make the picture more complicated and to, uh, to di- actually distract people into something. And I believe this is one of those things. 
Or the flat earth theory? Wait, are yeah. you saying that it's just a metaphor, perhaps? Well, mm, no, not necessarily. I think it means more it's just a distraction for folks. But here's the thing. This is actually, it would go back to the beginning of religion. Remember, all religious, uh, especially the Christianity, uh, mm-hmm. they preached that we lived on a flat earth for years and years and yeah. years until paradigm changed and we were told we live in a, on, a, on a spherical earth we live in a globe but here's the question though um can you yourself go and prove that we live in, in a spherical world can any of us actually go and make that 100 percent you know provable that's a good well, question does, well does, the answer is no well then the question is well but the question is do the photos from the lunar orbiting satellite showing earth rise over the moon does that do those photos constitute proof? Well, are those photos even real? I mean, NASA is known for doctoring and photoshopping and lying to the public. I mean, we know yeah, that. But to what to what point? Apparently, to a very great point of that, if it turns out to be true, Nancy. I mean, we can't have our cookies. I mean, and, if we can't, and, you know, I mean, if we can't face that truth. Yeah, but I mean, well, why would NASA possibly? Yeah, but why would NASA? I mean. I get NASA faking the moon landing. I get oh, no. NASA faking this. I get NASA... I don't believe I have an answer it, for you. but I can I understand answer. it. But the argument is, what possible reason would NASA have to fake photos of the Earth rising over the moon? Because they needed to win the, 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 the race to the moon. And this would be some kind of proof that they went to the moon. Not only that, look, NASA so could no be... no space shuttle? Hold on, NASA could be, well, maybe not, NASA could be, you know, for example, uh, nothing but a, a big scam where they, all they're doing is just collecting money from all these projects that are, that are supposedly going out there and doing when it's all being recorded in a soundstage and it's yeah, all But don't alive. you think one single NASA employee, like one Bob Lazar, would say, say, wait a minute, folks, this is all a scam. But people have come forward, Nancy. People have come forward saying that they've doctored images and they've photographed stuff. Oh, yeah, stuff. no, it's true. I mean, it's happened. there actually yeah. was on our show, UFO Hunters, and said that there was a, um, a, a spot on the moon mm-hmm. that to her looked like a triangular craft. Right. And that a NASA photo technician, this is before the days of Photoshop, this mm-hmm. is, uh, 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 when people were 80s. still airbrushing, yep. he airbrushed out that object. And she said, what are you doing? And he said, we don't allow people to see this kind of stuff on the surface of the moon. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, and who was the guy who freaked out about 2000 and went to the desert, but he saw stuff at NASA? Carl Wolf. Carl mm-hmm. Wolf saw photos of structures on the moon that he said were unlike any structures here on Earth, and the photo technician that he was working with, because he was a photo repair guy at this Air Force base of this a a photo Xerox processing machine. machine. Yeah, machine. a photo processing machine. Um, he said the guy thought that because he was working on this top secret photo processing machine, right. the machine itself wasn't top right. secret, just the signal it was getting was secret. He said he thought he was read into the secret files, the classification level. And of course, he wasn't. And because when he was this, a weekend guy or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like, yes, he was the weekend guy, is all he was. <laughs> he was in his shop on the weekend. He didn't know. And half the base was uh, kind of NASA, and half the base was regular military. This guy, and he processed the machine. He swapped in some new part. The machine began working and spitting out this lasagna noodle 
of um, photos that were processed. Right. And he's looking at this thing, and the guy says, yeah, isn't this amazing, all this stuff on the moon? And then when he saw Carl Wolf's face in shock, <laughs> he said, oh, my God, you're not read in. And Carl Wolf basically had to keep his mouth shut for 25 years. Is Carl Wolf still, I wonder, on the planet, and is he still active? He's around. In the he's around. He's we now a psychotherapist. He what? He is? Yeah, he'll never talk about it. He is psychotherapist. I'm surprised he doesn't need a therapist. Psychotherapist <laughs> to the stars. No kidding. I'm yeah. surprised he didn't, I'm surprised he didn't need a therapist. I'm writing his that. name down. We're going to have him on. That would be cool. But he won't talk about it, Nancy. So he won't cool. talk about it. He, 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 he'll he won't talk come about on. it. He's He'll a friend of mine, but he won't come on. Like he, was, <laughs> he, he was at UFO Magazine. In fact, he was going to help write the book with Don Ecker about the moon. Mm. Right. Good luck with that. So there you go, Nancy. People have come forward. It's not like it's uh, you know. Foreign. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. You know it's, it, it happens. So and think about it. This would be the this look if the let's just say the Earth is hollow or the Earth is flat or whatever one of these two theories is, and and this is what they're really holding from us. This would be a bigger conspiracy than just aliens. Yes. Oh right, well, and and well, so, much and bigger. So throw this over Except to throw this over to Martin and just survey. ask Martin. Hold on, one Beth at a time. Martin, what do you think of the Admiral Byrd hmm. diaries about going to the center of the Earth? That's very interesting. But I want to first finish up with the flat Earth theory. Okay. Okay, if you, if you can make an analogy. An, uh-huh. an, an analogy. Okay, if you look at the microcosmos, at particles like molecules and atoms, they're all spheres. All atoms are spheres, actually. Uh, energy spheres. Uh, if you look at the macro- macrocosmos, if you look at planets, stars, galaxies, there are some kind of spheres. If you look right, but we're but we're looking at stuff they're telling us is like that. We don't know. Can you look at at the stars? You know, you don't know if you're looking at holograms yeah, I, or some fakery. Yeah, I've looked through telescopes. You know, yeah, I've, but you don't know. You don't know if what you're looking at is fake, though. It might be something they're you know putting up there in yeah, their but screens. But how can they fake every telescope? I mean, everybody. Oh no, it's very simple. Stuff. It's very simple. You set up a hologram that just runs infinitely forever, oh, and anybody on. who looks up can see whatever it is they want you to see. Whatever. But they you're looking through lenses, there. and when you take one slide out, there's a different thing under the lens. They can't make a holograph for every slide you're yeah. going to create. Yeah, if they if they have the technology to build a, a flat nah, Earth that they, we can all live on, care. they could do that easily, Nancy. They could. Nah. Do that easily. Uh, I just saw today. Uh, I saw today a TV uh, screen that you can fold up and, fl- and, and flex around. If they can right. do that, they could do anything. I get your point, Angel. <laughs> you know, it's like people believe that our whole universe is hologram. Right. Now, then you come to the point: is reality a dream? Is, is exactly reality in within yeah. a dream within a dream? Are we in the matrix I'm already? Waking up from this dream within a dream within a dream. So, like you are dreaming something. And in that dream, you dream, and you realize right. that you're dreaming. So we are waking up for many bigger truths, and I don't know all the answers, but I can say that uh, the reality that I'm seeing here in this dream, where we are alive now on this planet, okay, if you look at our solar system, you can see other planets with telescopes. <laughs> so assuming that the planets in our solar system and the star we are circling around, assuming that they are orbs, I would agree that we also live on an orb. But that's the dream we are in right now. And maybe we'll wake up from a dream and see that the reality of the dream we are awakening awakening from is different than we have thought. Maybe it's so, Angel, but I assume that because other objects in our solar system are spheres... 
Oh, that's like, the same assumption that I've always made myself, Martin. Don't don't get me wrong. I, look, I'm I'm not sold on the flat Earth theory or anything like that. I'm just you know thinking outside the box. And as a theory, I think it holds a lot of water when you look at all the information that there is. Um, now yeah. it, it could be completely wrong, but again, like you're saying, we could be living in a dream. We could be living in a matrix where everything is a hologram, everything is fake, and we're just being played with and well, used. We, kn- we know that's we don't know. true. We know that's true because we have eyes that have only certain, they have certain limitations. Our ears, right. we're, yeah, we're, made true, of, yeah. we're made of meat. But I right. wanted to ask you, Martin, when did you start thinking outside the box? Do you remember? I, since I was born. Uh, there I you mean, go. Was born thinking outside the box. <laughs> yeah, when I was a child in school, I, I went to the Steiner School, uh, luckily. Uh, my parents sent me to, uh, to the school in the village where I grew up, and then... When I was three or four years old, they sent me to a bigger city, to a Steiner school, where I learned to think uh, holistically. I think the Steiner school is, in this country, called the Waldorf school. Waldorf yeah, the Waldorf school, school yeah. same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, well, in, during the course of my life, I'm, I'm th- I will turn t- 39 this year. But uh, Same here, brother. We're the same age. Oh, that's nice, Angel. <laughs> and, um, well... I know that my soul is not from this place, you know. It's called star seeds, and uh, many people who are listening are familiar with this term, I think. But I believe that um, I've always searched for truth. I, I wouldn't say the truth, but I have questioned newspapers when I was reading them when I was 12. Uh, when I was 13, I was in the Star Observatory, uh, sitting around with adult guys um, who were smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee, talking about UFOs in the stars. I was 13 years old. I gave a lecture uh, to my own teacher uh, in front of the classroom about the climates of South America when I was 12 years old. Uh, this always fascinated me, the climate, the planet, volcanism, uh, geology, astronomy, uh, physics, quantum physics, and... That's why I do this radio show, to investigate. I love to investigate things. I love to dig deep to find out what's happening in our reality. And maybe you're right, Angel. We are living this dream within a dream. And there's a song from Propaganda. It's a German group from the 1980s. You can look it up. Dream within a dream. And I haven't found all the answers yet. But I will keep searching (laughs) for answers the rest of my life, and um, to have interesting guests on the show. and that, Right, and aren't you grateful that since you, you, uh, you've, all of us who are alive right now have been alive watching the Internet come together, and mm-hmm. the Internet has allowed us to do research that we could never have afforded, ever. Right. Unless you, lived in the, unless you lived in the library. Uh, by the way, yeah. guys, we're joined by a caller, 423. You're live, patiently waiting on Feature Theater. Welcome. Hello. Happy birthday, Angel. I forgot to send you a note a few days ago. Thank uh, you, sir. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> I was going to comment on something you were talking about okay. earlier about the <clears throat> different aspects that people are throwing around about what's going on in the cosmos. Okay. One thing about the lunar mission, just one photo that blew me away when it happened. The Earth is four times bigger than the moon. Yet in the photos that they show, and 
they're the same distance away. So if you're on the moon looking at the Earth, it should appear four times bigger in the sky right. than the huge. moon, and it doesn't. Right. It's exactly the same size. Right. Then the then the uh, then the big one is when the he, they have photographs of him coming out of the ship, uh, and one of them is panned out about it's about thirty five or forty feet away. How is there a camera? Exactly. Yes. To take a picture. It's all fake. It's all fake. Exactly. No, but but yes. I believe that I believe that one was answered that they had it on a tripod or something. No, come they on. They had it set what, up. How was the tripod set up if he was coming out? Right. <laughs> you know, who, 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 who got there first and set up the tripod? No, but how did they plan it? Been planned. No, the um, only mission was the one where they went up there. There was no. Like, no, and they re, they re they re didn't they reenact it? I thought. No, no, no. Set up the, no. no, the first step no. for mankind was the first step for That's mankind. That's true. No, I think they hung like a drone or something. No, on, there was on no drones back, in, back then. A selfie no, stick. They had a selfie stick. They didn't have no, selfie sticks or no drones. Selfie, now. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about the black and white one, this uh, of the black and white uh, moving stick. one. I'm talking about there's a still. There's a still photo of him doing the, uh, in color, full color. And perfect focus, which you don't. When you have a camera, you can't do anything. But the the most ludicrous uh, bit of info is the picture mm-hmm. of the little uh, limb coming off the moon. It shows it from the uh, orbiter coming off and then flying up through and then coming up and getting ready to dock. If that is not done with uh, an erector set and and uh, some kind of right. uh, Childhood toys. It's just all. Oh, hey, I, look, I I'm, was I'm, st- I'm starting to believe uh, that you know the video that circled uh, we're circling recently of Stanley Kubrick taking credit for the moon landing and saying uh-huh. it was all a hoax. I'm actually starting to believe that because Stanley Kubrick Why? was in the position to do it. He knew the people to do it. He was the best filmmaker of the time for that kind of a job. And let's let's just be honest. Hollywood and, and the government has uh, you know had a little bit of a thing for many years where they've no, talked they, to Hollywood they for certain the things. Same. I mean, they are yeah, for a lot of, for, yeah for all intents yeah. and purposes they are. So I mean, it, it completely would fit the narrative that Jackie Gleason knew about aliens also. I mean, it fits the narrative that these actors, celebrities, were in on this thing. And it's Stanley yeah. Kubrick being the best director in his era. Why wouldn't yeah, but, they go to him? Uh, we had just done 2001. Thing? But see, the problem is we're not scientists and we don't have measurements, accurate measurements. They say right. that the fella in the space suit could not have gotten through the door in his space suit. The, literally, it was too big. That well, was one of the most obvious supposed mistakes. That's another mistakes. thing, yeah. Yep. Well, how did they put them on? How did they manage even to put them on? And if they nicked it, they were gone. But right. Yeah, see, so you're looking that, too closely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I t- the one thing that completely uh, squelches the, the whole project, it was a 15-foot-tall by 15-foot-in-diameter thing. Uh, thing. So just imagine a room that size. Get yourself and two other people all your food, all your water, all and just the power to do the cooling and heating system. Oh, and with the technology with equivalent on oh, no, and with the technology equivalent of a washing machine. Yes. Right, and I've been I've got, <laughs> I've gotten pictures taken within that thing. Bill and I sat in it when it's it's on display. Uh, How and did you get in it? They won't allow you. No, did, we didn't well, get. Well, we you could sit in it, but it's it's like a little booth uh, in a very cheap boat for mica ish, mm-hmm. and and yeah. like you know plaster, but not plasterboard, but that pokey hole board. But yeah, but see, I think this is where Martin is going to come in. If 
you, you, I haven't looked at it as closely as others have because I'm not a mathematician and I can't do the math. Same thing with the flat earth. Uh, I've heard some of the arguments, but I can't, I, I just, I'm not going to learn the math to figure out who's wrong yet. I figure somebody else who will take pity on English majors will do that. But don't you think the paradigm shift, if it turns out that you've seen a UFO or you realize that they've been lying about landing on the moon, it's such a big shift. I've had so many with working with Bill, you know, well, with the mafia and yeah. the government and Dr. Feelgood and stuff. We are in for a big wild ride. I can tell you folks, Nancy, we are now waking up from this illusion and we can call ourselves awakened ones or researchers or radio hosts or filmmakers knowing something but we, what we don't know is even bigger, you see. Mm. The moon landings. You know, the Nazis already went to the moon. But what happened is that when NASA went to the moon, they were sent back by the aliens. Don't come here with your, nu with your nukes. If you want to destroy your Earth, you can do that. You're not going to destroy other life in the galaxy. So they sent them back to Earth. And when they were sent back, then they created the whole scene in a, in a studio in Hollywood. And that's what we saw on television in 1967. I, I wasn't even born then, but that's what I understand. You see, we are in for a big wild ride. If... If we go to have full disclosure and know all the secrets that are being kept and all the lies that we uh, have been told to us, whether the earth is flat or hollow, uh, whether the moon is out there or not, uh, whether the universe is a hologram, we are going to, we are, look, we are children. We are in, 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 in a children's school. If you compare our uh, evolvement of the planet and of our race, on this planet compared to other civilizations and we are so we have so much to learn about the universe and about our reality about this hologram or matrix or uh, yeah I call it a reality where we are we have so much to learn and so much to discover and and we are still in kindergarten but there's so much to learn well, uh, Martin, have you has have no your kidding. studies yep. interacted with, say, the occult teachings of the ages? You know, the the hidden secrets that say get passed down from secret society um, that the Earth is, or not the Earth, but the but reality is very different. Uh, if you believe, let's say, the Kabbalah, or uh, the what else? You know that stuff. Do do you intersect with that? Do you, the people that channel? intersect with the old teachings? Well, there are the ancient teachings from, from Lemuria, Atlantis, etc. Uh, the Kabbalah is just uh, uh, knowledge that is even older. It's a tree of life, you see. That's the Kabbalah. It's a tree of life. And, and um, there are many um, peoples, like in the Americas, the, uh, the original people from Peru, the Incas, uh, who have kept the knowledge high in the mountains about those uh, spiritual aspects of our beingness. And it comes down to one simple thing. Uh, everything is light and sound and energy. Mm -hmm. Matter right. is condensed energy. And I believe, it's my own opinion, but all those indigenous peoples believe the same, and that's where our major religions come from, is that we are spirit, and that our body 
is physical, but our essence of what we are is spirit. And um, I believe that we ultimately we will learn to transcend the physical and understand the realms of spirit. But as I said, I think we are still in kindergarten, and some mm -hmm. people um, are trying, are getting to understand the other dimensions, the higher dimensions that are non-physical, and but there are realities of thought and of of consciousness that are, let's say, above us in other dimensions where time and space are different than we understand. Right. Well, and it's you, funny because... Yeah, go no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm doing... No, I was just going to comment on what Martin said, that <clears throat> Thomas Edison, for example, said, uh, Martin, he said exactly what you said just now, although he said it about 100 years ago, which was that, indeed, all life is made up of these infinitesimal units and these infinitesimal units exist after the, the flesh, after the meat has passed away and mm -hmm. they become discarnate. Mm -hmm. And so what he wanted to do, Edison, was find a way to see if he could identify these free-floating life units in such a way to prove they exist. Yeah, there, there are many scientists who try to uh, to bridge the gap between the spirit world and the physical world. Tesla was one of them. Einstein was one of them. That's uh, right. Tesla was one of them. Edison well, was the one of them. Scientists, um, all the great scientists, all the great thinkers, uh, when they finally write their memoirs, will say... Well, I got my greatest inspiration when I was taking a bath or when I was asleep and I woke up. In other words, the being able to tap into something bigger than yourself, or is it bigger? Maybe it is yourself, your, yeah. with a capital S. Yeah. There's, there's much out there, and there's, but, there are big mysteries well, out there. A problem that I always have with all of this is the minute the other side, say the evil side, whatever you want to call it, the minute they take out an AK-47 doesn't matter how much you've meditated you're just going to go down with you know the person who has been drinking beer and watching tv and and that makes me sad that they seem to have bigger bigger and better weapons and always perhaps well, listen, those weapons can't, can't do anything to your spirit knowledge i mean if, if they kill your physical body because i believe information is not only stored in the brain actually your information is stored in your atma it's it, it's it's an orb uh, between your heart chakra and your throat chakra and that's an energy orb it's containing all your life knowledge not only from this life but also from past lives so when your physical body ceases to exist whether it's by an AK-47 or by uh, illness or whatever uh, my belief is that life is eternal and there's no end to it there's no beginning and no end it's, it's an ongoing process where we learn uh, life lessons where we ha uh, endure pain in order to become better, to better ourselves. That I believe the purpose of life is to better ourselves, not only with knowledge, but also with experience and with understanding what love is, what unconditional love is, so that we can help our fellow man and mm -hmm. understand the greater picture. 
Right, and anybody who's had a near-death experience, which it became a, that became a Bible for me. I, I was raised Catholic, but I found a great amount of inspiration from people coming back from near-death experiences when that first became a news item. They all said to a person, when you're here to learn and you're here to take care of others, to, to spread yeah. love. Period, and they and it, it kind of it kind of knocks it down from ten commandments to really two commandments um, that make a lot of sense mm. in terms of you know spreading joy. Um, it's a, it's you know, a process. It's a process of learning. Life, life is to learn, and it's an eternal process of learning. That's what I believe. Well, Martin, one of the questions um, I also wanted to ask you was that. Um, you talk about the uh, the channeling of information mm-hmm. from beings not on this planet. How many different species of beings are you talking about? Infinite. What I are mean, some of the... Go ahead. Yeah, well, if you look at the reality we live in, if you look at the universe... If you look at how many galaxies are in this universe, what's beyond this universe? You know, you can you can fantasize on how large, cre- let's call it creation, universe or creation. It is so large, there's no end to it. So, in the evolution of life, because if life evolved on this planet, it also evolves on other planets, in different realities and different dimensions. Not only the physical world I'm speaking about, but other worlds of of ways that we can only fantasize about. If you look at the number of life forms we have on this planet, if you look at bacteria, plants, animals, uh, the variety of life we have on this planet is so rich. So if you look at at, at the whole universe, there are life forms far less evolved and far more evolved. Um, I believe that there's really a, a creation. The universe is, is rich. It's a rich place. It's, it's, it's an it's a undiscovered country. And we are now wondering um, with UFO research what other life forms are there? But I believe there are infinite number of life forms out there. Well, one of the theories that I read about, and I'm just wondering, is that um, given, even given the, uh, the magnitude of our own galaxy and other galaxies, mm-hmm. that human beings could be much um, a, a, a further along than other species. And so instead of thinking about what species are more evolved than, than we are, we should think about how many species there are that are less evolved than we are. Yeah, both. I mean, that sounds a little crazy because the species who get in touch with us, either through channeling or through coming down in a spaceship, uh, almost always speak telepathically. And we don't have that ability at the moment to well, project that's one of the, well, that's one of the the- well, that's one of the, that is one of the theories that there really are no species out there, and that if they are, when we discover them, 
we'll find out that we're the ones that are more evolved species than they are. That was one where of the are you getting? Where are you getting that from? It's, it's, it's uh, this one um, a biologist who was writing about this saying that we make this assumption that there are other species out there that are older than we are and more evolved. And he said, what if it's just the opposite? Well, I it think is possible. I, yeah, it's I think possible. it's both. Yeah. On the Earth, we have primates. Well, you're, you're talking about our relationship, say, with the mushrooms or the uh, weeds outside. No, no. Well, I'm huh? talking about sentient humanoid-type creatures. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be humanoid. I mean, just yeah. intelligent Sensing, life. But be, uh, let's just say, let's say that we feel we're more evolved than the trees. I mean, a lot of people who have done... I'd say drugs or a lot of people who've done a lot of deep meditation who, or who are just sensitive believe that they're picking up thoughts from all the life forms on the planet, all the life forms, including the planet herself. And so, yeah, but and that I could just be the drugs, Nancy. That's, you know. It could be no, the drugs, that's actually also, what Tesla, No, that's what Tesla believed. Tesla was See, one Tesla of the first of the guys. his magic on something. In other words, something gave him magic in his brain. Something allowed him to see things in there on all sides, 3D. Yeah. He could turn uh, an, a motor around in his mind that doesn't exist yet, and he could take it apart. Um, and I believe that because that's almost a miracle, since nobody else could do it, not everybody could do it, I think he looked at all kinds of ways to say there are miracles all over the place in the head. Yeah, I right? believe we have to go back to childhood. Like, a child is watching nature with awe. The child is, is surprised and, and is in wonder about the beauty of the skies, of the plants, of the, of the animals. If we, st- if we keep that um, feeling, looking at the universe, life forms, whether more evolved or less evolved, I think it's not important. I think... When you look at all creation with an all, like it's a big mystery. It's 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 an undiscovered country, and I do hope that in our lifetimes we will have some big answers to like whether or not we are alone. And um, but I do have the hope that that this will, and I I do have the strong, um, well, many. A lot of information is pointing to the, to the direction that we, we will have this revelation very soon. And Well, it could also be a tipping point. I mean, if you yeah. have access to the Internet and if you know how to ask these questions, you know, once you start searching and finding other people who have asked the same questions that you're asking, you begin to find answers. Mm-hmm. And I think that... People are not just getting answers these days from the Sunday sermon in their church. Okay, I don't know. I think, I think you don't get answers. Then you get more questions than anything else. No, you do get answers if you keep looking. For They'll example, lead to more questions. <laughs> well, exactly. here, but but here's what I have here's what I have found in terms of answers. Um, looking up the occult, researching for books, looking up witchcraft, researching the history of women on the planet, you're going to come across witchcraft. It's a big thing. And and then the occult and Kabbalah and Jewish mysticism and stuff. You come to find out that the answers are all inside of you. You have to find a way to talk to the wise person, the Obi-Wan Kenobi inside of you, 
who has all the answers and who will tell them to you if you can Google that person, that, that thing inside of you. It seems that that's, we contain universes in our, ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we might be creating the whole thing by consensus, you know. And as we learn more, maybe the universe becomes more populated because we can finally tune in, maybe, to other I don't know. I, I certainly have had no... It's a beautiful pers- thought, Nancy, because uh, if we are tuned in with ourselves, if we are connected to ourselves, to our core, of the core of our being, you know, if you're connected to yourself, I don't... I, do you understand what I mean? If you're connected well, to yourself... Well, that's what I'm always trying to um, verbalize. And I always say, when you talk to yourself, who's talking to who? Yeah, but I'm not, I mean, not only talking to yourself, but feeling where you are, feeling these infinite possibilities. That when you're connected to yourself, you are connected to everything. Because you are part of everything, you see? And... Yeah, and we're not, we don't have, we don't come from a culture, at least the Western culture, that celebrates checking this sort of thing out. This is not considered, if you're going to look on TV and look at commercials for Get Fit, for example, Get, there's a thing called Get Fit, I think it's a Fitbit, it's called, it's a piece of software, and it's highly encouraged to make your body fit, but it's not highly encouraged to think like this, to keep deeper and deeper and deeper and say, you know, Keep asking why of the universe. You know, turn to the to the universe and ask why, why, why is it blue? Why is you know? Well, the or, thing is, the media and, and and our education, many religions, modern religions, are keeping us away from the path to be connected to ourselves. You see, of course, of course, so because we, there's money involved. You know, at the end of the day, there's money involved more than power, and I think more than evil is just plain old currency. Well, what's more, well, Martin? What's more well, that, that gives you power and, and makes it's, you more it's, evil. It's consciousness. <laughs> it's, it's knowledge. Yeah, you were saying, um, Bill. No, I was going to ask you, Martin. But do you think there was a time in the existence of human beings on this planet? where there were no power structures instilling fear and human beings were connected, thoroughly connected to, um, to, uh, to reality and not separated by um, powerful entities creating fear. I mean, uh, uh, do you think there was such a time and how would you describe that time? Well, this is, this is the story that I understand and believe. Um, and this information comes from sources like Sheldon Idol and, and others. It, it's what I truly believe, and I, I don't say this is the truth, but it's, I just share what I believe. Okay, so 13,000 years ago, we had this takeover in power from the Anunnaki. But before that, because the Anunnaki were the inhabitants for Niburu, but before that, we had the continent of Atlantis, and before Atlantis, and, and during the time of Atlantis, there was another continent in the Pacific Ocean called Mu or Lemuria. Mm-hmm. Now, on Lemuria, we had peace, we had paradise, we had just uh, connectedness, love, uh, contact with other worlds. And it is believed by those um, teachings that we the human race lived there in harmony and peace. And we came from the stars. We came from the Pleiades, Sirius, Andromeda, Lyra, Vega, and other star systems. 
and we populated the earth. We populated the continent of Lemuria first, and we thrived. Uh, high technology, you know, they find those uh, diggings, you know, those archaeological findings of cell phones in stone. Millions That's of right. Years things old. out of time. There are there is a yeah, whole collection. Things, of things out, of time, out of time, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, giants that they dig up, um, other creatures like the Atacama humanoid that is uh, featured in the film of uh, Stephen Greer series. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a time in, and I believe when I played the piano, somebody told me once that. Um, it sounds it sounded Lemurian. Some people can even tap into their consciousness and say how something feels, and they can go back to that feeling of how it was to live in Lemuria. And so, some people have that ability, uh, and I strongly believe that that was paradise on Earth. And I also believe that we will get back to that harmony and peace. Um, and and what what threw us out of the garden? Which Eve and the yeah. apple. It's no, woman, the, it's always woman's fault. Well, let's say Lemuria <laughs> was the garden. It, it, the 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 metaphor of paradise and the even. What happened, Martin, in the tale of Lemuria? Why aren't we still there? Well, according to Sheldon Idol, who has um, detail, uh, described this in detail, the Earth had two moons in the time of Lemuria. <laughs> to uh, satellites. Now, at some point, Atlantis uh, was experimenting with energy devices that were very destructive. They were gaining power, and those priests were uh, on the negative side of the force, let's say. And then they gained control over one of those moons and destroyed Lemuria. Now, there's a purpose behind this. Well, by, by a flood, would you say? Well, just that, that moon crashed on Lemuria and, and, and destroyed the whole continent. It was like a oh, okay. collision between that moon and the Earth. Oh, okay. The, yeah, yeah and that created the flood. Now, what happened is that we went back from full conscious beings into limited conscious beings. And it is understood that the uh, inhabitants from Lemuria fled to inner Earth and are now the Argartians. In, they are still living there. And that the priests of Atlantis, because Atlantis uh, at some point also was destroyed by nuclear blasts, that humanity fell back into limited consciousness. That was 13,000 years ago. And since that time we have been ruled by uh, overlords and Anunnaki uh, and their minions. I have a question for you, uh, Martin. Uh, where does Sheldon Nidal get his information from? Like, Where does he come up what did he hear all this information well, from? According to himself, according to his own life story, um, he was um, taken as a child, uh-huh. five child, to Syrian motherships, and they were teaching him uh, many things during his adulthood, uh, but also his um, childhood. And they implanted it, 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 uh, a device in his in his cortex, in his neck. And he still has that device. And um, different from other channelers who are telepathically communicating, he is getting direct downloads with his device in his brain. 
So he's getting direct communication. Has he had anybody take a look at this device in his brain so he could verify that he actually has something in there? Yeah, Not did a he brain, do an MRI or a CAT scan? Yes, he has. Uh, he doesn't give a lot of information about it because it's very private. But I believe he had a CAT scan where something was uh, out of the order. Now, the reason I ask is I've seen Sheldon Idol and I've heard him in, in, in a couple of interviews in the past, and right. it always seems a little bit off to me. Uh, you know, some of the stuff he says is a little bit uh, sounding Zachariah Sitchin-ish, you know, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, which a lot of these, you know, a lot of folks get a lot of the information from Zachariah Sitchin's work, um, <laughs> which has been debunked to no end uh, by... Well, uh, it was only Michael Heiser who's done that. No, a few people have actually debunked uh, Sitchin. You should look online. So there's a whole thing on... The yes, yes, yeah. yeah. My, my question though, Martin, uh, you know, what would make you believe Sheldon Nidal in his story that is connected to Sitchin and that story of the Anunnaki and all that stuff, but you're really completely against like the flat earth theory, for example? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, okay. So, first of all, the thing is, I believe and don't believe. Uh, are related to where I resonate with, with my soul, with my consciousness, and my capacity to think. Now, if the Earth is is a globe, it can be hollow. Okay, so I that's why I can believe in hollow Earth. And and as I said, if you look at the solar system, uh, to the objects in the solar system, where planets are spheres, then I will assume that the Earth is also a sphere. Um. Of course, there are lies by NASA. Some pictures are photoshopped or edited uh, in, the, in the techniques they did uh, in the time before Internet and before computers were uh, evolved. But it's a matter of resonation, of resonating with uh, information. And as far as I can grasp the reality where we live in, I still believe the Earth is a sphere. It can be hollow. And... Uh, I have followed many webinars from Sheldon Idol, read some books from him, uh, uh, I interviewed him as well, and it resonates with me. And My question is always about folks like Sheldon Idol, is why him, for example? Why do they choose him to come out with the story? And if he's coming out with authentic, real you know, information, how come the government hasn't killed this guy yet or put him in prison? Because obviously if there's a conspiracy they don't want us to know, why would they allow Sheldon Idol to go on and write books about this well, stuff. Well, Corso had the answer right there, Angel. He said the government has never bothered to try to bury anybody. Because that's not true. UFO that, that is, UFO that's an absolute lie, Nancy. A mirage well, man. but the UFO community itself will do the job for them is what No, no, but the government has. Said. Yeah, but the government has the done government it. The government has killed Kennedy because Kennedy yes. asked questions about... Uh, uh, he said there is... I, I can't remember that speech. He said there is... Um, come on, help me, Angel. You know the speech I'm talking about. <laughs> I think no, actually no, no, Bill no, no. would know the speech um, better. Well, uh, right before, no, no, right before the assassination. Hmm. Uh, there it's were at two, the beginning uh, of our show. So what? The Kennedy, the Kennedy speech is on the bumper, the thing that starts our show, the jingle. Yeah. That, that speech that speech was yes. a couple of days before assassination. He said there well, is yeah, a conglomeration yeah. of powers. Uh, I don't know exactly how he said it behind the scenes that, you know... He, he discovered what was going on. Right. And well, also what he did was he wrote to, he, he had contact, he wrote to the chairman of, the, of all the branches of the military and the CIA. 
yes. the director of the CIA, and and ordered them to share all their information about UFOs, not only with each other, but with the Soviet Union, because this was in preparation for the beginning of the manned lunar program. Mm -hmm. And the military and the CIA basically freaked out. And, of course, there are a lot of mundane reasons why Kennedy was assassinated, but that was one of the triggers. Yes. And there are other people... Well, the question from Angel was why is why haven't they attempted to kill Sheldon Idol? And 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 I I know where you're getting at, Angel, because uh, there are some people who say, okay, all these beautiful words that Sheldon Idol is sharing is just keep us in the loop and keep us nicely and positively believing that we will be saved by the Galactic Federation of Worlds from other planets. That's just a thought, and I understand that thought, Angel, because if people are not proactive and fall asleep and think that we'll be saved by some galactic forces, which you can believe, of course, but the danger is, if you become too passive and think we'll be saved, no, I agree with you, Angel, we have to be... uh, uh, Somewhat skeptical? (laughs) Skeptical is not the word. I think we have proactive. To I think you probably and yeah. do our research. Yeah, I mean, in other words, we can't we can't retain the planet if we don't deserve the planet. If we can, you know, if we continue to trash it. Yeah, basically. because the question from Angel is very interesting. Why isn't he assassinated? Maybe he's pro, uh, part of a, a government program to keep. Well, that was my thinking about Sheldon Idol. Or yeah, he's doing a great job for the government. Oh, as a misinformation agent, right? Or, 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 hold on, everything he's saying is it could be a lie. That's the misinformation right there. Or, or. What he's saying sounds pretty. Or, or, it could all be that the government doesn't care because it's all a big lie anyway. And they're like, let them believe whatever they want to believe. It's all stupid nonsense. Well, that's, 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 uh, that's my opinion. That that people like Sheldon Idol that are out there and are doing a fabulous job of spinning tales. Right. And even if part of those tales are true, the government doesn't really care because nobody's going to believe them anyway. Right. I mean, have you seen Sheldon Idol? I mean, yeah. Not for nothing, but same. Well, listen, I read his update every week, and um, he's an intelligent guy. He, he's very he's very gifted in in bringing out this information. He definitely looks gifted. That's for sure. Well, I think over time, over time, the various uh, stories that people tell, whether they're channeled or not, they will stand the test of time, or they won't. And I think that's one of the good things about this. Um, But it does resonate. I understand what Martin's saying about resonating. If you saw some of the stuff that resonated with me in the privacy of my own self, you might laugh. But I I like to examine other theories you know, and consider other viewpoints. Right. Think outside the box. That's kind of what I'm doing do with this like whole flat earth that. thing. See, I'm not a flat earther, so don't get it wrong, Martin. I'm I know not what you're I'm, saying, though. The but I, I, I like to think outside eloquent, the box. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I understand what you're saying. In other words, the, the big metaphor is we've been lied to. Right. Yeah. That we can all agree on. That's yeah. the Yeah. We have been lied to. There are many truths out there, and I hope very soon we will have answers to questions that are being asked for, for centuries, for decades, yeah. for yeah. millennia. Are we alone or not? And, and yeah. 
the interesting my, stuff about yeah go ahead uh, angel I was going to say, my thing is, though, you know, when you have a, not only each other, Nido, but across the board, like the Billy Myers of the world, uh, and all these other folks like him, uh, who are always preaching, you know, the stuff, the information they're getting from the aliens or from wherever, um, you know, it's, it's, a lot of it is great, some of it is scary, but the thing is, it never leads to anything. Like, they never actually lead to say, okay, next week, that's the day they're going to come down to make themselves but known. They don't. They might not think that way, Angel. That that might be. That's a the problem. But that's that's, know, a, American that's the problem. News that's how you keep thinking. it status. But that's how you keep it status quo and just keep it moving, and just keep yeah. it going for, for a long period of time right. without giving us that resolution that we all want, even everybody on this call wants, which is to know whether we are alone or not, whether there is life in other worlds, whether exactly, we are in a spherical exactly. earth. I'm afraid or, that answer is going to end up being you have to figure that out for yourself, and that yes. is sad. Sad, sad, and the problem is we will never be able to do that. Well, some people can. Look at Martin, mm. for example. Martin does understand what it feels like to have a gut feeling, a resonance. He understands that. He's been working on that. And I think But that that, that does not prove aliens exist, Nancy. It That's does no if no, no, it does actually. No, it does it, doesn't. Proves, it does. It does no. to Martin. I'll tell I you. Only, I can only share my own story. Uh, yeah. I've done hundreds of interviews like yourself with people in the UFO field in the arena of, of channeling of physical evidence of researchers and if you it, okay let's say we're going to put a pile of interviews from all over the internet from all the radio shows from Art Bell from from uh, PSN radio from BBS radio all the interviews about UFOs there must be some mystery out there there must be an answer to this oh, of course but look you take a hundred percent of it how much of that percentage is people that are lying people that are making stuff up people that are crazy people that actually are delusional and then of course there's that percentage of people that are actually experiencing something that are really going through some stuff that really are abductees and that's I mean, the percent you try that's to the percent. study but the, that's the the problem though nancy is to get to that small percentage you have to weed through a whole no, lot of all garbage. you have to do is you have to get yourself tuned up so you can tell your gut instinct works your resonance yeah but, work. here, but here's the thing that's, for, yeah. that's but everybody's gut instinct is differently uh for example there are people that believe billy myers is telling the truth to me billy myers is a dirty liar but there are people that actually believe the guy so mm-hmm. i mean but their maybe, gut instinct that, tells them that yeah that's mine. interesting that's interesting. And why it, it goes back. Right? It goes back to Star Wars. It goes back to uh, Obi Wan Kenobi telling Luke that perspective and, and reality is all based on your point of view. Why mm. doesn't everybody believe what you believe? Because everybody has their own gut instinct. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's the has. big question. Why but none of that. Believe? But none of that proves that whether aliens exist or not. Your gut instinct can't prove it. Just because you believe a channeler is channeling. Okay, but what? It. Okay, what? What you would say constitutes proof would be an alien walking in and saying, "Hi, I'm an alien," uh, right into your living room, and most people would would get locked up at that point. Most of the time, <laughs> if you said that, they would put you in. An Why not Sheldon Nidal? <laughs> See what I I'm saying? Love, See I what love, I'm saying? <laughs> Look, I yeah. would love to meet a nice, benevolent, beautiful extraterrestrial angel. And take a photo. I'm right here. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe you are one cosmic family angel. Yes. But, you know, <laughs> no, I think that aliens do exist. I think that they're here, and I think they're among us. I mean, I just don't see, I just don't see them popping out with um, big black eyes and stuff, but um, I do think that, um, uh, that they've been around for probably th- hundreds of thousands of years. That's just my theory. But, but, I think that the physical evidence of 
abductions and contact is very compelling evidence in those cases where there is physical evidence. Right. And there's a lot of cases. Yeah, there, there is evidence. And I'm that is sure, true. Bill, listen, folks, there's so much that the government is covering up. I'm sure there is more out there. Uh, I can't prove it. But I just know it. And um, there's UFO research for, for decades, books, um, witness stories, and I believe those witnesses. Right, and there's the same they're percentage their, they're of sticking good their stuff. head out to tell a story. I was abducted. Uh, I saw this, I saw that. People from the government, people with high-ranking officers, you know, like, um, what's his name? Um, Robert Salas and others. Right. They're sticking their head out. They're being ridiculed. But they still believe their story and they say what they saw it was real. And I believe it. Right, and Michael Salas is one of the most important stories mm-hmm. because, basically, that's a benevolent situation. If they're turning off the nukes, mm. and we don't deserve that, but it's happening, that's a wonderful yeah. story. I don't know if really. it's benevolent, uh, as much of them saying, hey, we can control your nukes, chill out. Yeah, we'll we don't want you, you blowing them. We don't want or you. Right, exactly. You. That's what I, yeah, <laughs> I, I really do believe that that is something that we are not going to be allowed to torch off. I hope yes. so. But, but yeah, we have nuked Japan before. Uh, check this out. Uh, Walba uh, Threadkiller from the chat room wants to know, uh, actually she wants me to ask uh, you directly, Martin, um, what do you think of Churchward's writings on MU? Or on Mu? Uh, whose words on, on Mu? Churchward. Churchward. Church yeah, Churchward. Church Churchward. I've heard of that. Yeah. I, I must say that I'm not familiar with the uh, Church word. Oh, supposedly See, church yeah. word was uh, supposed to be taught by Mu, by priest in uh, priest in India, uh, and it was still uh, when it was still a British colony. Right. Yeah, and I think I think there are writings you can get online. His writings mm-hmm. are yeah. online. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, by I tried. Okay, well, <laughs> I have to uh, answer that question in the future when I have done the research. Um, sorry, there you go. <laughs> I answered it. And and we are what are we? We are two minutes out now from our yep. heart out mm-hmm. because right. And I want to tell you quickly who's on our show next week. Okay, and that it's, will it's be Jack Brewer. Jack Brewer. Yeah, we're going to revisit. Nice guys. We're going to have some fun. It's going to be rock and roll. Uh, it's ufology. Jack Brewer's written a new book. It's ufology, and we're going to talk about stuff, the truth. Um, and right. then we have lunar anomalies coming up also, Ken Johnson, the following week. That's the, that is the 18th, and then I'm working on... Um, and, yeah, one more thing is when you stay tuned for Midnight in the Desert on Dark Matter, uh, it is Jody Cook, Bigfoot, okay? Okay, and, and that is on uh, with Heather on Midnight in the Heather Desert. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we are going to say goodnight because we have... <laughs> Let's talk to Martin. Martin, everything is linked on Future Theater, but tell folks your website and where they can reach you. Okay, I would love if people can help me financially. Uh, it's difficult to get a job here. Intergalacticradiostation.com, there's the donation button on www.intergalacticradiostation.com. And I want to thank you for having me on, Nancy and, uh, and Bill. Joe. Our pleasure. Oh, it, was, it was our pleasure, as always. So, um, happy, New Year to Mar- 
Happy hope New Martin, Year, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Hope I didn't hit you too hard with some of the hard questions, there, buddy. <laughs> I, love, okay. I love. I love sharp questions. I am myself a re, uh, interviewer, like you, uh, Angel. I like to ask the tough questions that makes the show interesting. Exactly. You're a good sport. Okay, so Happy New Year to Martin it's Horace. The Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah, it's that Terminator boot. You got to take it <laughs> yes, off. Yes, Angel. Be careful, for God's sake, where you walk. I'll Happy be New back. Year, everybody. We are your co-hosts, Bill. That's me and Nancy Burns, broadcasting live on Future Theater from the banks of Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Sobury Village, Pennsylvania, on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network, saying to everybody, please join us next week with our guest, Jack Brewer. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week. Good night, everybody. Hasta la vista. Baby. Thank you, guys. Love you. <laughs>